You sipping a fine cup of Abyss coffee today, Brando? Uh, I am. I am sipping a fine cup of Joe. I'm waiting for my new Davy Jones blend. Oh, nice! To show up. I'm still, I'm still fully stocked with. Uh, what have I got in there? I know I've got the Kraken, and I've got a couple others, but the Kraken's the the one I go to. That's my go-to. Head over to theabisscoffeeco.com, people, and get yourself a bag of Abyss Coffee and tell them TGDP sent you. Tell Angie that you're getting a bag of the Kraken because it's Brando's favorite. Yeah. And it just might be yours, too. Yeah, just throw our names around. Throw our names around at the old Abyss Coffee Co. So, Brando, uh, I got something a little bit different for the people today. Good. I think um, I think they all want to chuck their cameras um, out into the sea. They've heard so much <laughs> photography. It's been a lot. We've had a, a lot of photography going. It's been fun, though. But no, um, I got an email, and uh, the email did have a little bit to do, you know, uh, with some photography too. In particular, you know, he was uh, commenting about. Really wanting to know more about you know keeping focus, not just on the photo you're taking, but you know learning to get that focus on your dive team and not wandering off and still being a good buddy. And uh, the, the the big answer to that is kind of what we were hinting on, which was you got to have the right training. You know, you got to build a solid base of yourself of personal skills of buoyancy, balance, trim, propulsion, body mechanics, and awareness, you know, if you're taking time to think about that, you're not going to have any time to think about your dive buddies. That stuff's got to be ingrained perfect. And then you start building up your personal skills, and then you can start building up those team skills. Yeah, right. You're, you're a diver first, you know. You're a diver first, and then everything else is second when you're in the water. But this letter that we received from we'll call him Bubba. Bubba? Bubba Gump or Bubba let's call him I don't know. Bubba Bubba could be from anywhere. He's talking about okay. his local dive shop. Bubba could be from Michigan. Bubs. Bubba could be from Florida. Could Bubba be from Rhode Island? He could be from Rhode Island. Could Bubba He be... could be from Australia boy. Crikey. Could Bubba be from, hmm. Bubba could be from Nolan. <laughs> from Louisiana. Louisiana. He's, uh, instead of shrimp, they're probably doing. Crawdads. <laughs> air fills. <laughs> <laughs> air fills and air boats. Air. Airplanes. <laughs> air cars and air hats and air heads and. <laughs> No, so Bubba had had a question about dealing with a local dive shop. And I tell you, it's a story I've heard many times over the years, and I know you have too, of, you know, especially in 2022, dive shops have a, a big battle going on with trying to reassure the community that dealing with a local brick-and-mortar business hmm. – yeah. is their best choice when it's so easy to be sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock at night and just order something online 
and it's at your door the next morning. Right. Yeah, well, you have to uh <laughs> you have to admit the dive shops have kind of done this to themselves it, to a large majority. And I, when when we're talking, it's not every dive shop that that's this way. No, right? there's a lot of there's a lot of great shops mm. out there, but there's a lot of fly by night ones too. Right. That, you know, and I remember hearing this, and I know you do too. Yeah. You know, we've been around a long time, but back in the '90s, you know, uh, the instructors would, you know, talk to students about you can't mail order everything from Barry's Scuba, which was like the big online, <laughs> yeah, or not, not online, but they were the big mail order ads in the mm-hmm. back of the Skin Diver magazines back in the 90s, right. you know? And it was like, what are you going to do? Mail order an air fill one of these days? And, well, we you know, just nowadays you get the <laughs> you just, bastards. I'm telling you, it's probably not that far away. Well, the... That's what that's that attitude from some of the shops. What are you going to do, man? You got to come get your fills somewhere. Um, and then they kind of don't stay up on the game, and more people outside of the shop know a greater amount about scuba diving and what's what in the scuba game than the person in the shop. Dude, I hear you. It's you know? not 1980 anymore, people. Right, like. You have to expect if you're running a dive shop that there's a large amount of your customers that are going to walk in that might know more than you do about something. Oh, especially back in the 80s. Yeah. If you wanted to know something about diving, you had to take a class. Yeah, you maybe had your Skin Diver magazine where you, you know, could get some information and then you went into the dive shop to talk about the about the product to the to the gang at the dive shop. But Nowadays, I mean, there's so much information on the internet that you can get the, I mean, you can be more knowledgeable about something that isn't even being presented yet to uh, right. by a salesman coming into a dive shop yet. I mean, hell, you hardly even see the salesman coming into, you know, from the manufacturers into dive shop anymore. Right. I mean, with the, uh, you know, internet access at your fingertips, and especially if they're a tech diver who... You know, if you're a shop that didn't embrace tech or you have personnel or the owners that don't do tech, I'm not saying they're useless, not at all. Um, But trust me, most tech divers know more than most open water instructors about diving, you know, the the, uh, science and art of diving. Well, yeah, no doubt about it, because it's it's part of the training in a lot of yes. ways. Yes, well, that's why you got right. to embrace it. You've got to embrace it. You, you, this crap where they what they did in the late nineties, and you know they tried to stop it and, and called us all a bunch of you know very bad names. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I mean, the to, technical community yes. was treated definitely like the you know, bastard redheaded, redheaded stepchild, yeah, redheaded of, of stepchild. No offense, years, but. To redheaded stepchildren. Is yes. Bu- Bubba probably is a redhead, isn't he? Bubba probably is a redhead. That's why he wrote this. I know. And every time I hear that expression, the redheaded stepchild, I'm like, God damn it. We got to. It's probably. Uh, what about the probably the politically incorrect stepchild. today? Yes. You know, when we were kids. No, nobody's was, standing up for gingers. It was the lowest you of know the what? low Actually, burns. <laughs> You know, the politically correct crowd has a certain group that they'll fight for, and everybody else, they actually are in the f- making fun of group now, you know? So that's the bad side of the politically. They're not very even. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
the redheaded stepchild. Yes, that that is exactly right. They really did a number to the um, tech community, and there's still dive shops out there doing that as well. I mean, I don't I don't understand the reasoning, or the logic behind shutting out a large segment of the demographic in the community that actually is highly involved in diving. Increase the you know their knowledge level is way above the average open water diver, especially from the nineteen seventies and eighties. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And the you know what they've done with the changing the foundation of training in twenty twenty two that we have, uh, the equipment configurations that you see yeah. in the mainstream in twenty twenty two. You know, a decade ago. Not so much. You wouldn't see the backplate wing kind of in, in recreational especially. But it's everywhere now. Uh, the back, back mount flotation is, is probably overtaking jacket style. I mean, 50% easily is rear inflated BCDs. Yeah. I think uh, probably, the backplate and wing is still a small... A yeah, smaller yeah. portion, when but it's you, bigger than it was. Especially if you go to something very raw, like a Hagarthian harness on yeah. a on a backplate, that's still a small portion. However, that being said, twenty years ago, ten years ago, none of the major manufacturers even wanted to acknowledge it. Yeah. Now they've all invested millions yes, of dollars. They've embraced the, uh... and they all have their own tech line that that will tell you <laughs> if every major manufacturer can invest into their own line of technical gear when they a decade ago they were making fun of it being they why were, would you use that yeah. garage made bent up piece of metal oh uh, clearly <laughs> it took a big chunk out of their good income good i mean uh the business should be driven by its partakers <laughs> You know, it's a lot like this country it should be driven by its people, not by its the assholes in the leading it, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Same the, thing the with days this. of the days of thinking that you can open up a dive shop, bring in a bunch of gear that you want to have that nobody else wants that you can right. just force them into getting. Those days are long gone, man. There Thankfully. are so many small, little tiny boutique, little niche companies all over, you know, Instagram and stuff that that have their own little lines right. here. You can get so much yeah. little niche, little little stuff. Almost anything, you, James. Almost yeah, anything. you really can. I, I'm even noticing uh, camera housings now from these tiny little companies. <laughs> you know, they look like they're. They just are startup out of mom and pop's garage kind of thing, and they're they're out there now. Now you have the ability; you don't have to go to a third third party to get marketing. You know? Yeah, you don't. And even manufacturing, you could exactly you could buy these amazing the printers, laser three yeah. D printers. It's, yeah. it's incredible what you can do in twenty twenty two. So where were we? Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> So Bubba says, as much as possible, I try to support local brick-and-mortar businesses rather than saving a couple dollars by buying online. I believe that supporting local individuals who are sharing their knowledge and experience deserves financial support. I also know that a lot of businesses did not survive the pandemic lockdown. Hmm. I've seen two local dive shops go under in our area in the last two years, and I want to do my part to help a small business thrive. Nice. Well, thanks, Bubba. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I would I would agree with that same very thing as as I always try to right. support mm-hmm. you know my local community. Right, if you can, to try you know keep the money close. Try to help folks out. You know. But at the same time, I'd be I'd be lying to you. Yeah. If I didn't know that sometime soon there's going to be an Amazon box on my front door. <laughs> well, it's it's just too easy to ignore. And even with dive gear, because you can buy dive gear at Amazon. And like you said, you'll have it there in the middle of the night while you're sleeping. Like I just picked up a couple of uh, little arms for my... Little arms? Little, little, little arms, arms for, for my uh, camera. Like Tyrannosaurus Rex arms? We don't have them at my shop. Well, hell no. I don't know. I don't know any store in in this area where I could drive to and, and pick up what I'm looking right. for. And even if I thought that there might be a chance, I'm, I'm probably going to like drive around all day long, go yeah. into multiple places to not have it, not have it, not have it, not have it. Right. You know. So something like that, I, I get it. It's so easy to go. This is exactly what I need. Boom! It's there tomorrow. Right, and a thing like, uh, you know, an arm for a light or a strobe or camera, a thing like that is not necessarily something you need to put your fingers on before you buy it. You know, you can look at it. It's made of, you know, machined aluminum or whatever they make it from, carbon fiber uh, for the buoyancy arms. Anyway, you can say, oh, yeah, and look at the reviews. That's that's all you need to know, and it's probably a lot cheaper than if, you, you know, the the shop's like, well, I can have one tomorrow. Okay, cool. What, what's it going to cost? It's... Well, you're going to pay $100 for next day of shipping. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get that dang, that dang shipping charge on you. So, yeah, I'm with you. At the end of the day, we also got to watch our own pocketbooks as well. And, and now the Internet offers timely shipping. Usually f- the shipping's included in the price. In other words, it's marketed as free but i'm sure it's not and um you can have it there in a few hours you don't even have to get in your car it'll be delivered to your doorstep so and that's the reality of of what you're working against Mm -hmm. if you own a dive shop right so what i mean that is a tough one to beat you know what i mean in my opinion the only way to beat that is you have to be this knowledgeable mm-hmm. you have to be personable and yes. you have to be super competent what about being a hot chick would that help totally helps <laughs> uh, that, that's definitely the, that's definitely the place i'm going to or a hot sure. dude yeah whatever floats the boat right, i always yeah, say yeah yeah hot if you're hot how's that bubba says he's got a local dive shop where his daughter got certified Oh, that's where he had... Super supportive, kind, you know, a flexible group, did a great job getting her excited about diving, uh, getting her confident. Uh, They had two main leaders at the shop. He says, we're going to call them Manny and Mo. Manny and Mo. And Curly is the owner. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mo! Look at this! (laughs) Um... But he said, you know, real good service, knowledgeable, knew about, you know, all the local diving, um, provided good service, engaging people. Uh, But unfortunately, Manny uh, passed away from cancer right before the pandemic hit, left Mo all alone, along with Mo's kids. 
which we're going to call Jack and Jill. <laughs> I got a lot of names I'm, I'm keeping track of here. Jack, Jill, Manny, Moe, Bubba. Now, the issue that we get to, he brought his spear gun in to the shop, asked for some line to replace, and he says, they sold me a line that was too thick. It wouldn't go through the eye of the spear. Did not give me really good counsel about how to rig it and really didn't know what they were talking about. He said, I would have just respected an answer of, I don't know the answer to that question. Instead of a confident reassurance that this is exactly what I needed and that this was (laughs) going to be perfect for what he was doing when in reality it was all the wrong stuff. Dude, that's when fake it till you make it gets called out. And there's a lot of fake it till you make it. There's so much fake it till you make it. And that's just them talking with confidence about something they really don't have any clue about. And that, you know, that's usually what I see when a, (laughs) <laughs> when when you talk diving to uh, a recreational instructor behind the counter. Correct. They're faking And when it. you yeah. look at a recreational shop owner that just wants things to be in 1980, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with jacket yeah. BCs, there was two fins, you know, there was, yes. you know. And this one everybody brand. Wore this, yeah, it, it was yeah. all the same. It was nice and easy. And, you know, but those days are long gone, you know. And when, when somebody that wants to get into cave diving wants a primary reel, they don't just want any reel, any reel yeah. on the market that is convenient for you to bring into your dive shop because it fits your buying model and your booking program and you get a better discount. They want a specific type of a reel for cave diving. And they've probably got experience with the reels and they know why they want it. Or they've read other reviews and they know why they want it. Um, Yes. When it's 2022 and you uh, want a dive light... (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna get that you pelican want with, with Xenon, 16D you don't want a batteries. 1986 <laughs> you don't want a 1986 <laughs> xenon ball with 8d that, batteries it's got the switch to bright and dim on it and yeah 16d like, cells 16d cells <laughs> it's like a car battery right and if that's what you're giving people and then at the same time you're wondering why they're going other places looking for information it's because you're no longer a reliable source of information in the community right you're not pertinent you got to stay relative you got to stay pertinent that means you got to stay up with the industry that's it's part of any industry it's only in scuba i'm trying to think of any any other industry that that goes on but in scuba and maybe it's because we're around it a lot but it's so prevalent it's so prevalent that they got certified and opened a dive shop and uh i got a compressor and a few you know a few names out on the showroom floor and and that's it they think their learning's done and usually they even stop diving the owners they're not even diving anymore so how do you how do you expect to stay pertinent relative and you know Informed. Well, it worked for the longest time, right? I mean, the, the model of just... Because there was no internet, man. Yeah, but I mean, that model of pump them and dump them. Pump them and dump them. just em. Keep, keep cycling through teaching, you know, you know, <laughs> teaching quarry divers. It worked for a long time, but I mean, th- those times are changing. I mean, people come into scuba. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I hear it. 
pump them and dump them. The reason someone's coming into <laughs> wanting to learn how to scuba dive is because they're seeing the the photos of yeah. a shipwreck like the Windy Eight. Right. That I want to do this dive in nearly two hundred feet of water. Yeah. Now you got like, go right from and, the beginning, yeah. or they're seeing these like amazing cave diving photos. It's the first thing they see nowadays. You know, 20, 30 years ago, you saw a cave diving photo. It was a dark and yes. mysterious, it was a scary-looking yeah. photo. Yeah. But you see a, a cave photo today with the lighting that they have. Right. It looks like wide-open, beautiful, magical, blue, well, it's gorgeous amazing. water. Yeah, they're right? amazing. So people are yes. coming in like this is the reason that they want to get certified, not something that they might get to if right. they stick around diving for a couple of decades because they've done everything else already and if you can't it's offer a totally them, different world right if you can't offer them a path to get there either you're missing out on a huge chunk of business that all you have to do is stay up with diving i mean dive shop owners think back of why you got into the dive business don't tell me it was to get rich nobody's that stupid nobody is that stupid or very few people are that stupid it's not to get rich you you love diving you love diving. You wanted to make it, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking something you love and want to make it into uh, something, you know, if you got to spend every day doing it, go into it. But when you lose the passion. Right. Just for the dollar bills. For the dollar dollar bills. Is there any character named dollar dollar bill in the story? <laughs> there is. <laughs> How about Jill? We call her dollar dollar Jill. Dollar dollar Jill. So, so Bubba says that he just kind of shook this off as a, hey, nobody's perfect. Didn't think much about it. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But then he said that there was a bit of a... Strike one he's got. They've got. Drama within the the remaining dive shop and somebody left and there was a breached email list. And <laughs> now there's like inf- infighting going on with the new crew. This sounds like Washington, D.C. partners. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, this is real, real dive shop owners of South Florida. Uh. So basically it comes down to Jack and Jill running the dive shop. Okay. Manny and, and Mo are where the hell are Manny and Mo? Manny and Mo are gone. Oh. It's down to Jack and Jill now. And Dollar Dollar Jill. He gets a so he gets a reg serviced, takes it diving. He says it wasn't fully free flowing, but it had a slow stream of bubbles yeah. underwater. So the just needs and to be adjusted, but it, yeah. it, so it wasn't holding air, and it wasn't really free flow. But that's kind of a free flow, right? If it's coming from the second stage, it's yeah. a, a, that would be a free flow. It might not be a full on free flow, but a, <laughs> a, a, a trickling is a free flow, like that, right? Like a little. And he says, "I had a really light fill in one of my tanks," meaning they forgot to fill it. They forgot to fill it, right? <laughs> it up, yeah. Uh, you know, and he picked it up, got out to the dive site. It's got 1,100 PSI. They forgot to fill it. There was nothing filled. How, what did you bring it in with? 200? There's nothing filled in there. 1,100. Oops. Oops, we just gave you a light fill. What tank is that a light fill on? That's a, you didn't fill my tanks and you charged me. Asshat. Right, right. And uh, he says, 
I didn't make too big of a deal about it. Accidents happen, right? Well, wait a minute. Now we're starting to it's starting to add up. And and at some point you're gonna have to make a, a deal about it. You're gonna have to say, if you like my business, what the fuck? You right, know? right. I mean, years ago, decades ago, I learned the lesson of you never give out a tank. Without checking without checking it. the gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you're right. Accidents do happen all of the time. I don't send tanks to the pool for a class without checking to make sure they're full because you want to know how many times, like when I was a young kid at the shop and loading up the van, I'd get bitched out at the, (laughs) you know, by by the instructors the next day because a, a tank that never got filled got thrown in with the full tanks because somebody just moved it out of their way right and you know my job was just load up the van with tanks you know i got bitched out so many times that i finally realized okay i'm not loading anything into that van unless i know for sure that everything's full that's right tanks a lot never tanks never assume never assume because, because I mean, if that was like your big dive of the of the season, you're screwed. And you go out, you get on the dive boat. Yeah, you show up, you hook up your bottle. What? What the? Yeah, yeah. A few choice names would yeah, come that's out. Gonna, that's gonna really ruin your trip. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of small things so far. I mean, small, small things small are adding middling. I mean, the 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 quote unquote low low fill that that. That to me is kind of big, you know, depending on where you're going diving. If it's just a pool, not a big deal. But gosh, if you go somewhere and you, you showed up with 1100, like I say, what tank is that a partial? Is that even a. Well, here's the deal. Like in 2022, I mean, they're, in my opinion, in 2022, it is A OK to walk in to pick up a set of tanks for me and want to know the pressure. Yeah. And know the mix that's inside the bottle. I mean, there, there's so much blending in 2022. You never know. You never know what that, could happen. That's a great point, and, James. You know, it. I, I've got no problem with people coming in, marking and analyzing and marking their air bottle as 20.9. In right. fact, I highly, myself, I encourage it. Right, yeah. If you don't, especially if you didn't see it get filled or anything like that. Exactly. You have no idea what you're breathing. And you're going to tell me that shops that partial pressure <laughs> fill mm-hmm. have never accidentally started hooking up a bottle with Pure O2 and then, Just oh, shit, it. that's not the one I yeah. wanted. Take it off, switch, and, and and that bottle never doesn't really have what, what's in it. Yeah. So I would encourage, I mean, I encourage all of my students, you know, having your own analyzer in 2022. Not a bad idea. Right. Especially if you, you know, the twins thing where you see these shops put oxygen on one side and, and air on the other, and, and then they open the isolator manifold, and that's how they mix. Well, this, dude, you know, when we look at what happens here, this is easily could be a, a, yeah. a shop that could do that. I mean, because I know there's a lot of recreational instructors, some that I know very close and personally. That are good divers, very knowledgeable at diving, but they do not understand the double manifold at all. Then they're decent divers. They might be decent. <laughs> good? You're throwing good out there to them? 
<laughs> they don't know what they an just, isolator man. They don't. They don't know the manifold, right? And they don't care to know the manifold. Well, the thing is, if you're working in a shop, you need to know you the manifold. Should know the manifold. That's a, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, if you're a professional, you should know it, right? Whether you use it or not is a, is a different subject. But if you are uh, going to man the floor or attempt to sound knowledgeable as a salesperson or a, an authority in diving, Jesus Christ, you got to keep up with the, the small stuff like that. It's not like they just came out with them. They've been around for a long time. He says another time they gave me a really hot fill. Well, he says, I dive a low-pressure 95, 2,400 PSI bottle. It was filled to 3,200. Hot. Hmm, he says, that's not good. Yeah. Now, I would tell Bubba. Chill. <laughs> cool your jets. Th- that you can cool your jets yeah. on, right? I mean, down in uh, North Florida, that's a... <laughs> That's a bad fill in North Florida. <laughs> Sometimes. And most of those, like I mean, the, the North Florida cave shops, most of them have a fucking clue. You know, the vast majority of them have a clue as far as they're knowledgeable about equipment and diving. And, you know, they fill these tanks regularly to overpressurize them. But I agree with you. But here's the, here's the point that I would say. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it because they were giving them right. a North Florida fill. <laughs> right. It was accidental. They did it out of being incompetent. Right. Yeah. And then they didn't have the knowledge to reassure the diver. That it's fine. That Of, of what's actually going on. Right. right. And they just said to him, ah, no extra charge for that one. Enjoy <laughs> the extra air. Yeah. And here this, this guy, he's a new diver, and he's like, well... Isn't that kind of unsafe? I mean, that's way above the filling pressure. Like, he's worried about driving around it and it blowing up the whole back of his vehicle. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So he says, now I'm starting to get concerned about this pattern and their lack of concern for doing things the right way. He says, I noticed that one of my two tanks was consistently lower on air than the other one. And it wasn't until I was diving with my brother that he pointed out a small stream of bubbles coming from my gear. I thought it was another screw-up with his regulator. (laughs) But this time, they took the tank and the gear to the local dive shop by where they were diving, different from the one by where he uh, lives. Right. And they sprayed like a soapy solution all over it to figure out where the leak was coming from and found out it was his burst disc. (laughs) <laughs> so he says all right we're doing uh we're doing a few days of diving whatever just let's just set that one aside we won't use that one anymore it's going to need a visual inspection in two weeks anyways right so they just routinely bypass that one and set it aside finished out their couple days of diving and when he got home he takes it up to the shop takes his bottles in for visual inspection now he says when I brought the tank in, I carefully explained the situation to Jill. I got four tanks. Dollar, dollar, Jill. This one just needs <laughs> a dollar, dollar fill. <laughs> these three here need visuals. And one of these three, this one right, yeah, <laughs> this one has a problem with the burst. This is like a game show. <laughs> this one. Uh, 
Which one right? do you so want? He point, so he points <laughs> to. He's like, "There's always air leaking out of this." Yeah. So the valve either needs to re, you know, be, be rebuilt, rebuilt mm-hmm. or replaced. Just he's like, "Just let me know what it needs." She writes it all down on a claim ticket. Uh, he had her read it back to me. I get a copy <laughs> of the work order, uh, and it was all good, ready to go, perfect. How could they screw this one up? Well, let's let me count the ways. <laughs> so three days later, Jill calls him and says, hey, two of the tanks are ready, but two of them have some spots inside. And we need to tumble them. And, and Bubba says, okay, fine. I'll pick them all up together when they're done. Let me know. About a week later, they call, hey, Bubba, come get your tanks. They're all done. All done. Okay. So he goes down to pick up the tanks. So he noticed from the inspection notes that two of them didn't fail, but they had questionable marks on the inside of the bottles. Okay. Questionable marks. I can see rust on a steel tank. Yeah. You know, um, or, you know, uh, some some aluminum bottles get a little bit of uh, oxidation right. inside the bottle. That's not yeah, really yeah, a yeah. notice. That's not a questionable mark, but yeah, go ahead. And he says that, hey, I'm okay with being cautious, but I think that should have been discussed about the, you know, pros and cons, you know, not recommending something that is indicated as optional in the inspection. Again, not a big deal, and I'd rather be more conservative and have my gear in good working condition than save a couple of bucks. Yeah, I get it. I think he's saying like, hey, there's a couple spots that were questionable, uh, when he, when he reads the ticket, rather than saying, hey, these are in bad shape, they have to be tumbled. Right. Two kind of different points. And I, I get what he's saying. Like, you, shouldn't you have called me up and say, hey, hey, Bubba, uh, you got a couple of spots in here. We're thinking, you know, just to be safe, let's tumble them. And he probably would have said, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Let's be better to be safe than sorry. I think this is just adding to his confidence. Yeah, this the the shop is uh, got a lot of strikes coming against it. Little tiny strikes. Some are bigger than others, but uh, yeah. What about the, the the burst disc? Did they change them? They did change them, correct? Well, so Bubba says I asked Jill about the burst disc, and she says, "No, I checked it. It's fine." How did? How? <laughs> okay. How did you check it? <laughs> He's like, what, "What do you mean? It's fine." And she went to the tanks and took the pressure gauge and showed me that each of them was filled to 2,400 PSI as indicated. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but what about the leak? It's, it's slowly going to go down. <laughs> like, yes, you just took it off of the fill whip. I <laughs> get it. Gonna be it's going to be 2,400. It's at 2,400 PSI. I get it. And she says, no, no, no. It's fine. I checked it. It doesn't have any problem. Jill, Jill, dollar, dollar, Jill. So maybe we should let Bubba know that the burst disc is a little copper disc that's in that valve that sets up against a really sharp edge of the plug. Right. So that if the pressure got too high because it was left unattended and kept filling, 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 or it got really, really hot inside of a back of a vehicle or something, right? Instead of the cylinder exploding 
because the pressure got so high. That would be bad. The safety burst disc is designed to trigger before a tank explosion. Yes, that little copper right. plug. But every time you fill the cylinder, you, you build up pressure inside the bottle, which pushes that disc against that sharp knife edge right. of the of the, the, the plug. The holding plug. So really, yeah. every time you fill the tank, you're, you're doing some damage to the burst disc. Also, sometimes the, the, the disc is held in place by that plug that kind of just gets banged around, knocked around, and it loosens up a little bit. That can happen. So just with a little wrench, you can... Goop, Snug it back down and take care of the problem. Or when it's empty, unscrew it, pop in a new disc. Call it a day. Five bucks, <laughs> call it a day, and you're good to go. Right. It's a very, I mean, this is it's five minutes. very simple, yeah. the, the most basic of tool and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and equipment disassembly, reassembly knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I was doing these. 16 years old, you know, working in the dive shop, you know, changing out burst discs, uh, barely, uh, you know, barely knew how to put my regulator on the tank valve the right way every time I had to think about it still back at, when I was a kid. But I was changing out burst discs on the regular. This is not anything that needs a complete valve replacement. No, it's a quick, easy, I, I say five minutes because four and a half minutes are emptying the gas out. <laughs> right. I mean, changing changing out a broken mask strap takes is, longer. Is almost mm. more difficult, right? Well, get, get it, it is more you difficult. Get it through that stupid depending on the pin buckle. and around the yeah. little buckle, and you know that, that sometimes can be a real pain in yeah. the butt, and and often more difficult than changing out a burst right. disc. Yeah, burst disc change is probably one of the easiest things you can do in the dive shop, so it's a no brainer. Um, <laughs> you should have just changed it. I don't, uh, I don't get it. You know, you haven't dealt actually, I, 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 I'm just thinking Jill hasn't dealt with a, a lot of, or enough pissed off customers. So she's, she's still trying to. Well, you're very right. Right. Know. Cause she's new, right? Yeah, exactly. Jack and Jill just took things over. So she, this is, and I get it. So for Jill, right? This is, I, this is kind of learning a little bit of your lesson. This is, this is what dealing with people's like, you know. And, and Bubba at first was pretty easy going about it, but now he's starting to get pissed <laughs> off. I mean, this is like tick number what six, eight, yeah, ten. I'm like, what are you trying to do? Just either you do this, are you doing this to all your customers, and they just don't realize it, or is Bubba special? In which case, if I were Bubba, Bubba. Uh, if they're just targeting poor old Bubba, <laughs> maybe you should find a new dive shop. Well, Bubba's pissed. Bubba's mad. And he's like, can you get me some soapy solution to spray on this? I want to see if there's any bubbles. Before I take so it. So mm -hmm. they find a little spray bottle. So she grabs like a spray bottle of BCD disinfectant, which doesn't have any Soap. soapy bubbles yeah. because it's a it's a low foam yeah solution right he's like that's not going to work and he goes over to the bathroom gets some water gets some soap sprinkles it all over the, the top of the valve and guess what brando there's uh, there's a link there's a leak <laughs> immediately bubbles all around the edges of the burst disc come on jill so, so she looks, she stares looking at it, he says, for like 30 seconds and says, 
Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> did she charge him for a new burst disc? Did, did, do we know that? Probably don't know that. But. More importantly, he grabs the paperwork. Yes. Right? And says, this is exactly what you were supposed <laughs> to do. I came in and expressly said, take care of this leaking burst disc on this particular tank right here. Yeah. And she says, I must have missed that. <laughs> but I'm like, so here's where like being, you know, ignorant to the workings of the gear. Yeah, I'm a I'm a diver. I understand there's a tank, there's a regulator, there's a BCD, you know, there's a valve on the tank. It's not just one piece. Right. You know, that's one thing. You know, I, uh, I put my ear next to it. Mm-hmm. I don't hear any... So it's not leaking. Right. Well, sometimes no. Sometimes you need to have more than just your ear. Right. Especially if the if the customer told you this has a leak. Yeah, double check. Anyway, it's And for you like new new budding shop workers and tank monkeys out there, this is why you drop the bottle in a vat of water. In the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can easily see the leak in the water if the leaks in the valve yeah you know, it might not leak when the valve's shut off so put a regulator on it pressurize it drop it so you can see everything in its working state that this person's going to have when they take it on a dive otherwise you are going to literally look like a tank monkey idiot it, like jill did yeah yeah so now she's looking like a very inexperienced incompetent person at the shop right and you don't want that reputation like no. like we were talking about earlier i mean this is how this is why people go to the internet because they don't want to deal with incompetence oh that's and i huge. already know what i want i just want to get what i want i don't want to like i don't want to go to a dive <laughs> shop knowing that i want to pick up a brand new backplate and wing and try to get sold a wraparound neon right. pink fluffy butternutter jacket <laughs> fluffy like, butternut. I already know jacket. I, want I already that know jacket. what I want. I already know what I want, dude. Dude, I I don't want to hear about all the great yes plastic buckles. I don't want to. I don't care about the new folding pocket. I don't. Want I don't to care about the extra. <laughs> I don't care about the extra piece I can zip on to get a different color wing. Oh. Uh, you know, for three different days of dive, I could dive a pink nice. one, a white one, and a green. I don't. I just want what I came in for. That's that's why we've gotten to this. That's a huge part of it. I'd agree because I don't want to feel like I have to go into the dive shop and educate the dive shop personnel. I just I just want my shit and I want to leave. It, which is in stark contrast to the old days, which to, in, in some respects I shouldn't say the old days, but in some respects, you know, I used to like to hang out in the dive shop. But if you got to educate people. That's all you're doing, or having, you know, these 1970s, arguments. yeah, arguments, the, the the 70s versus 2000s. When somebody comes in and they want a set of rubber fins, not and, cut and you're going to sit there and cut them down, like why would you use that 30 year old technology? Yeah, buy this brand new lightweight split fin. <laughs> okay, I get it. You're you're doing your job in the shop. Give me half like, off a snorkel. To, uh, 
right? Like, yeah, you buy the split fin, you get half off a dry snorkel. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. You're trying to do your thing. But when the person comes around and goes, well, I've actually researched this in quite detail, and there's a very specific reason of why I want this particular style of a fin, just get them the fin that they're asking for. <laughs> don't keep going on, on this rage of technology that they clearly don't want. Yeah. Yeah, when you or you're going to get people shopping on the internet because it's they don't want to deal. They don't want to deal with that argument every single time. They want something that's different from your go-to sale, and it's probably cheaper. So, Jill asked him to leave the tank for another week or so, so what? Jack could take what? a look at it. And when what? he returns what? What? from his dive trip, <laughs> he's on a dive trip. It's a leaking burstus, Brando. Jack's got to take care of it when Here, he gets back. He'll, take one of our rentals. He's going to be back from the Galapagos next week. Yeah. He'll take care of it then. Take one of our rentals is the least you could do. <laughs> what the actual? Uh, another so week? It, You've had it for like six weeks, five weeks. It's yes. crazy. Uh, a burstus, even if the tank's full, it's right. going to take less than a half hour to right. change. Empty it. Let's go change it, and let's get out of here. Jeez, oh, Pete. And he says, just put a new valve. I'll, I'll buy a new valve. Just Holy cow, Bubba. <laughs> he goes, like I asked, like I said, if you couldn't fix it, if it's an unfixable, because he he's new. He didn't know that it was just a simple burst disc. But he's like, if I can't be fixed, just replace it. I'll, I'll, I'll put, a, put a new one in. I'll be fine. Now, That'll take, That'll take two weeks. That'll take two weeks, Bubba. <laughs> no, she, she found him a valve. Took her 30 minutes to find a new valve. For fuck's sake. But- they only had DIN valves in stock. <laughs> All of his gear. How, how in the hell is he going to use it? <laughs> All of his gear's yoke. Yes, the yoke. So it's not really him. helpful. But he could buy another adapter. Oh, I think for thirty bucks. So d- this is so really dollar dollar Jill. This is dollar dollar. This Jill. is becoming dollar dollar Jill. <laughs> so it sounds to me like they're taking these pro valves. That have the Dinda yoke converter yeah. in them when they For show low up. Pressure, yeah. They're taking the they're the taking the Dinda yoke <laughs> converter out, hanging it up in a bag for thirty bucks, uh-huh. and saying, "We have a two hundred bar din that you could well for another thirty bucks That's you right. could screw this in, and then it would work." <laughs> now, while he's going through all of this, another customer comes in with a regulator that he had recently had serviced. And bubbles are coming out of the hose connection all around the first stage. And he needs them to refix this regulator. That he just <laughs> refix it. You guys need and to yeah. fix it so from now, your servicing. <laughs> so, so now Bubba is like like turning like cartoon red. Yeah. That's how it works, though. That's how it happens. When the, you know this shit happens to you, it just seems to keep happening in, uh, in these less than optimal places. So the guy with the regular says that this is the second time it's happened, but they're really good at fixing it when you give it back to him. Well, sure. <laughs> now we know what's wrong. And he says, this guy didn't really seem concerned about this body track record. He's like, this is life-saving equipment. You're doing this in a pretty shoddy way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, servicing a rag can be a little, you know, in defense of them a little bit. The servicing of rag can be a little... Um, dodgy at times like you'll you'll service it textbook you'll you'll cycle it through how many purges you got to cycle it and they'll take off and uh they get in the water and it's it's free flowing a little it's right on the edge you know of just needs a little adjustment sometimes things get seated and whatnot a little bit longer no doubt about it Mm -hmm. 
So you can do everything being right, on, and it can still happen. But I mean, you're talking to a guy that services around 500 regulators a year. Yes, I am. I am talking to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you, you are talking, talking to, to a man who services 500 regulators a year. God damn! Of all different brands. Yes, and you are you are right. Every now and again, you know. Weird little things happen. But, I mean, I'm pretty diligent. I mean, I, I go through all those same checks. Because you've learned, when somebody James. comes in to pick up that regulator, I still put it on one mm. more time just so – because every now and again, something seats off a little bit weird or a couple of days of sitting on there or the mm-hmm. the the a big change in moisture or temperature or something happens and there's yeah. a little trickle. All right, let me go it's give some, it that it, last final little – little adjustment just to seat everything nice and clean so when they go out to the dive site nothing's bubbling nothing's weird nothing's bad because nothing i mean you, you never feel worse than handing somebody a regular they do on their first dive the thing's leaking right well and that it always happens to that you got to sort that out at the dive shop yeah. before you hand it to well them. T- you're you're letting experience speak right now because i i'm sure you've had the you know you serviced it it was beautiful <laughs> check 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 here you go. They're leaving on their trip. They get down to wherever they're supposed to be. They get in the water, and it's got a little, you know, free flow, the, or just gas coming out of the second stage. You're like, motherfucker, that thing was working great. It was working great on the bench. I tested it, but it happens. It happens. That's all I'm getting at is sometimes it happens, and it usually happens to that one customer that is the squeaky wheel. That is like, oh, fuck. It, it could happen to a million other customers, and they'd be like, hey, I get it. This one customer, it's it's happened like five times. To right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely, that that's yeah. the case. Right, because, I mean, on top of it, there, there's still always the inexperienced diver. Yeah. That thinks they're way more experienced than, than they are. No. That, that makes a mistake <laughs> with their own gear. That causes it to free flow yeah, or leak. That, too. that the shop gets the blame for. Right. Right. So you already know those are going to take place, right? The guy that doesn't fully purge all the gas out of his regulator and he's chit chatting <laughs> about the, the dive site. And as he's taking the regulator off, he spins that, that nut at the, the, the yoke valve and loosens that up because there's still a little bit of pressure in there and pops that O ring. It doesn't realize it until the second dive when he hooks everything up and. <laughs> Yeah, everything's blowing, and then immediately, God damn it! The guys at the dive shop, my regular—I just had this thing serviced. Look at it already blew an O-ring. Right, right. When really that has nothing to do with the shop. That's your inability Technique. to yeah. properly yeah. remove the regulator from the tank valve. Those things happen. They do. So you got to be ultra assured of yourself when you you know. I'm speaking to my fellow tank monkeys out there that are that are listening. Yeah. Like we need to unite and you got to make sure like, cause when I hand Brando his regulator, I mean, Brando could easily service his regulator himself, but when he brings it to me, it's because he doesn't have the time. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. He trusts my service. I give it to him once and it leaks. He what might the- be okay. All right. No. Things happen. A second time it leaks. I, the one time I'd be like, he's going to start questioning. I expect you to do this to some of these people at the shop, but me, moi. <laughs> <laughs> so Bubba says, I've been in the shop for an hour and a half. Holy, holy. And they'd hell. already had two weeks. More than two to weeks. To solve yeah. the issue that I was really originally having, a, having the problem with. 
He says, just put on a used valve or something. But this needs to get fixed right now. <laughs> so she fumbles through, you know, gets a hold of some people and finds a, a valve that they use for rental tanks, starts draining out the other one. And so they've got like a half hour of just awkward time of just standing around. And Jill's trying to do the good part of talking and chatting and just talking about diving and loving diving and talking about her husband being on this really cool trip and new classes coming up and where uh, where Bubba's been diving and what, what he's been doing. And, and she mentions that all of this sounds so great, and she's wondering whether or not she should get scuba certified or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, what for? <laughs> Why waste the time and money? <laughs> and Bubba says, what, what, what? What? You're not even certified? You're running the shop. Mm-hmm. Taking care of all the service. And you don't even and dive. You're not even a certified diver? Yeah. Oh, boy. Jill says she's been snorkeling twice. Okay. And really didn't like it that much. I wouldn't even let her work on my snorkel. I was, was, was wondering if it'd be worth it to get scuba certified, but she gets seasick and doesn't really like getting in the water. And <laughs> <laughs> finds, you know, she likes she likes the islands, but more for the shopping and that's, the uh, resorts and the beaches and the shows. It's almost like your surgeon going, <laughs> blood makes me queasy. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, and so Bubba says, this is the person who's inspecting my tanks and giving gear recommendations and presenting herself as an expert? Yeah, I, I think this is more common, though, than we might think, but yes. You know, all this, I bet she doesn't listen to the Great Dive podcast. Do you think she's even manscaped? Oh, that's a good question. I know. That, I don't know why we have to go there with everybody, but it's if she listen. Let me tell you something. If she likes going, whether she's going to be a diver or not, if she likes going down on tropical dive resort vacations, she's going to want some smooth legs and a scaped uh, sack <laughs> for her sack. Uh, for her man Jack. <laughs> Yikes! And uh, she wants to show off some bikini lines and you know his uh, jugs down under. They better get the best tools for the jobs to sweep up those pesky pubes, Brando. Oh, and what tool would that be? That would be the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's got, you know, cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You know, uh, that Lawnmower 4.0, it's got a 7,000 RPM motor on that damn thing. Are you serious? Does it have Does it have a tech, tachometer on it? <laughs> Multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight. 4,000K? If you want to get that really, you know, if you want to help your lady really clean up that and get that bikini line nice and nice and clean, you know, you, you got that on there. It's a 4,000K spotlight. That's incredible. I if I was going to say if it was a 3,000K, I can't hardly see any. The light, the oh, color, no, no. that, that, that um, temperature. What are, you, what, are you, 
It's what is this, a right. dive shop? Exactly. What is this, a dive shop from 1990? Why don't you just put a halogen bulb on that <laughs> thing? Yeah. 3,000K, that's useless in 2020. 5,000K, way too much. 4,000K, I mean, there's numerous studies. 4,000K is the optimal, the optimal color temperature for your lighting, for trimming your, your naughty bits. Don't forget that crop preserver. Don't forget it. Ball deodorant. You? Soothing aloe vera formula. That way uh, you can make sure old uh, Jack Sack smells fresher <laughs> than your pumpkin spice latte that Jill's probably drinking uh, at the at the dive shop counter. I feel more refreshed, refreshed down there just hearing you talk about crop preserver and ball deodorant. I feel more refreshed already. Hey, everybody, get 20% off of free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP at manscaped.com. Hot girl summer doesn't have to end when you and your man keep it smooth all season long. Are you listening, Jill? I hope she's listening. So Bubba gets his tank filled, checks the pressure, and he vows he's never going to set foot in that dive shop again. I take a solemn vow. He says, well, I do support paying for knowledge, experience, and training. I don't trust the shop. And I believe that it's worth driving an extra hour to have confidence in the judgment, experience, and knowledge of the person running the shop. That is part of what you're paying for. Yeah, exactly. And my... to you good dive shops out there that do put in the extra work, keep it up. Bravo. I mean, this is how you guys are going to survive the next couple of years when, you know, this industry is going through a, a crazy change. You know, when you're in a world where it's so easy to, you know, need something and it just show up at your front door, I mean, you really have to have those tools that he's saying right there you know, in order to have someone come visit you and to have a brick and mortar store only in 2022, that's a difficult task because you're really working from a limited customer base. So you better be damn good at what you do and you better be damn knowledgeable and have a staff that that knows all the intricate areas of diving, be it recreational diving, technical diving, free diving, photography, Kate, I mean, in 2022, man, you, you can't be a brick-and-mortar shop that just caters to people going on travel vacations. Yeah, recreational divers doing the once-a-year travel vacation or twice a year. That's a very small demographic anymore, and if that's all you're catering to, you got to also remember there, that group I just mentioned, that demographic, is not very knowledgeable in diving. So, yeah, I think if you're catering to them— you. It's easy because you don't have to be too knowledgeable. You just have to fake it, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Could you imagine being a a record <laughs> a record store in 1975 going, "I'm not carrying any of that rock and roll <laughs> fad garbage." 75, 60. You yeah. get over you you buy that new ABBA record and you <laughs> like it. Hey, what's wrong with ABBA? I mean, could you imagine being a a bicycle shop? It, you yeah. know, I'm like, ah, we're not carrying any mountain bikes. You can take Gears? that Schwinn. Yes. You can take that Schwinn ten speed on any dirt road you want. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just go up the hill. Well, and and that is about the equivalent of what we see in some shops. 
in a, in a lot of shops, actually. Right. But you, you can't tell somebody that is already educated on what they're looking for to go to, to buy what you have in stock just because you have it in stock. That's why they're going to the Internet. Yeah. And they eventually figure out they got sold you know, a bill of goods later down the line if that's what you do to them. You're not making a loyal customer. You're actually going to piss somebody off. Right, the, the notion of just sell them, sell them that entry-level gear to get them started, um, and then if they want to continue on, uh, they'll buy new stuff. Okay, I get it if the person doesn't know what they want, but when somebody comes in right from the get-go and tells you what they're aspiring to... You don't sell you them the up, shit. You don't sell them the bullshit yeah. that they're going to have to rebuy two and three times. Just put them on the right path and keep them happy the whole time. If you're he, still going to and if they really want to do diving in 200 feet of water, they're going to spend 10 times the amount dumb that ass. you're going to sell them that that bullshit $1500 package of crap. Yes. Yeah, dumbass. I don't understand it. They, over a period of time as well, they're going to have multiple sets of equipment. They're going to take multiple courses. They're constantly going to be diving. And when you're out diving, people see divers They go, I want to try that. So they end up at the shop. The more divers that are out there, the more people in the local area that come back to your shop. Hey, how do I get certified? But if you don't cater to the hardcore divers, you're you're screwing yourself. Let alone if you're shutting them away. Yeah, if you're doing bullshit to the you know, to their gear, (laughs) if you're constantly failing them when they need something, if your expertise is lacking because you don't even have a certified diver behind the counter. Some of these folks have forgotten the reason they got into it, which was they loved diving. I I can't imagine you get into the dive business for any other reason. Right. You've forgotten the passion. Right. The passion's gone. You're not even diving. It's a business, and you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba says... It's difficult for me to decide what to do with this. On one hand, I believe that good businesses get good return. Bad ones don't. So just regular business models will keep the good ones in business and the bad ones will Darwin themselves out of existence. However, Mm. this just isn't some taco shop or a corner liquor store. These issues are potentially life-threatening if there's an equipment failure in the wrong place. And I'm not sure if it's enough to just take my business elsewhere, if there's more that should be done. And if so, how to do it? Charges. He says, He says, I absolutely don't want to get into a social media war with anyone. I don't have time or interest in doing that. But who regulates these shops? And is it my place to complain? And what would it accomplish? And he closes out by saying, what would you guys do in this situation? And... Bubba, it's a tough one. I, I, I think if a bag of you know, dog poop, I, I think a flaming explained... bag of dog poop on the door on the porch, <laughs> and knock and run. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no other, uh, no other course of action. I don't, you know, that I don't want to go to jail for. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's tough. You know, being being an active diver and then every single time you want to go out. I mean, diving diving is a difficult recreation 
to do on a regular basis. I mean, you really Twerk. have to be committed. Mm-hmm. It's not just like showing up to the golf course where you get to <laughs> drive yeah. around in a cart and make it easy beer and drink chicks. beer all yeah. day. And, you know, I mean, that's easy. That's you know, why diving, I like it. You've got, you've got <laughs> a suit, that, that suit you got to put on. It's not just like throwing on some golf clothes or shorts no. and a T-shirt and a, a golf hat. Maybe, maybe putting on a lot of equipment like switching out to some golf shoes if you're really into it, strapping on a glove. I mean, diving, especially wetsuit diving, man, that's a lot of work to go through, especially to do multiple dives a day over and over. You're cold and miserable by the time you get out in a lot of occasions. <laughs> so, so you're doing it like you're, you're pushing yourself to keep at it. Yeah. It, so even even in the be- I mean, if you're in a cold water environment, especially if you're in a warm water environment, I mean, you you got to deal with surf, or you got to deal with the boat, the boat fees. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot working against us in this industry to keep people wanting to go into the water. Like it shouldn't have to be that you have to sit there and yell at somebody and tell them to go diving. No. If you got to do that, you're doing something wrong. They should want to go diving because they see so much cool stuff happening around them. They, you want your customers to be going, I want that. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to do that. The time, work, and money is worth the reward. You have to, you have to make it worth the reward. <laughs> yeah, and then if every time they go, there's a near catastrophic failure, and even if it's not a near catastrophic if failure, it's an if inconvenience, they perceive it, yes. Yeah, if they perceive it as a near catastrophic failure that scares them, they're just going to go, you know, let's you know, let's go do something else. If your incompetence at the shop is costing them time, which equals money, uh they're going to see that and they're going to stop wasting it and and use it elsewhere, whether they go to a new shop or they take up something different, which a lot of them just do. Because dive shops, I mean, they're not like freaking dollar stores, you know, down south. They're not like that. There's not one on every corner. So what would you tell them to do, James? I have an idea, but other than that, you know, take your business elsewhere if you can. Put up a little review. I, I'm with you. I don't like going on social media and unless they're c- completely – you went to them and they told you to fuck off, and uh, then you get on social media. But I, I think this is a lot where the Great Dive podcast got started. Yes, yeah. the post the post dive chitter chatter that occurs at the pub. dive site, mm-hmm. the dive pub, the restaurants. You know, when you're meeting and hanging out with divers, if you don't think this word of mouth gets around, <laughs> dive <laughs> dive is the dive business is a ton of word of mouth from instruction to the equipment dive business to, has lived lived on word of mouth right. driving it instead of advertising for decades right and it's still that way even with the uh, internet it's actually amplified because the internet will let you reach more people so your little opinion counts yeah and uh i mean i mean hopefully you know this story gets back to Jack and Jill, and, and hopefully they can Make- remedy the the issue with uh, who's staffing the dive shop, and they can hire a more competent manager and actually get Jill certified if she wants to continue working working in the store. But you know, he he asks us in a, in a PS of like, 
I'm sure someone out there has had other bad dive shop experiences. How common is this? <laughs> and I, um, yes, I would say I've heard it many times. And I ask you, the people of the Great Dive Podcast, have you had bad dive shop experiences? What were they? Send us a message. Info at thegreatdivepodcast.com, or you can throw it over on our uh, you know, Facebook Messenger uh, there, too. Let us know, like, what are you guys experiencing out in the field? And has that questioned your love for diving? Has it turned you off from diving ever? Let us know. I think you're going to get a lot of uh, response from this. As a matter of fact, I think way more than you expect. I think it's pretty common, at least from folks that I've talked to. Well, let's see what the people say. Okay. Brando, should we uh, sign logbooks on this dive that we just did with Bubba? Uh, yeah. Let's, let's sign some logbooks. Let's sign Bubba's logbook. Yeah. Bubba, here is a uh, DIN adapter. I'll let you borrow <laughs> this one. You can buy me a beer after the dive. <laughs> Bubba, you can buy him a, 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 a IPA beer. You can buy him a, a lager beer. You can buy him a dark beer. You can buy him a red beer. You can buy him a light beer. You can buy him a Pilsner. You can buy him a... We can keep going, can't we? You can buy him a craft beer. You can buy All right, him everybody. A, we will see you, can you buy him a, next week. Nice tall beer. You can buy him a cold beer. You can buy him a warm beer. You can buy him a, a dark beer like a Guinness. You can buy him light beer like a Miller Light you can buy Budweiser beer <laughs> okay same dive shop channel same dive monkey time <laughs>